All right, let's talk about what's going on out there. Vaughn Palmer joins us from the Vancouver Sun. We're talking about that pandemic briefing. Briefings are now back. But also that one yesterday was jam-packed full of new information. Good morning, Vaughn. Uh, good morning, Simi. And uh, on this beat, I'm glad that they're back. I remember, uh, what was it, way back three months ago, end of June, they said, this is it. We don't need to do these anymore. Well, it turns out we do. And yesterday is pretty interesting. I was struck... First of all, Simi, by the change in tone from Dr. Bonnie Henry, we've talked many times about her, um, <laughs> referred to it as her bedside manner. She's quite forgiving, understanding, tries very hard to get there through persuasion. I was struck yesterday by how her patience is running out, particularly with the misinformation being spread about vaccines and about COVID-19. In fact, I don't think I've ever heard her say that's a complete lie before, but she said it yesterday. Some of the information that is being spread to pregnant women, to people who want to get pregnant or intend to get pregnant, uh, has been uh, lies. She said it, and she moved very hard, very strongly yesterday to correct a lot of that misinformation. She also spoke about the problem, the crisis in the system in the northeast of BC. And again, she said there are people up there actively working against vaccination, actively working to discourage people from getting vaccinated. So she's taking on um, some uh, still fairly persuasive forces out there. I would say it's about time. I agree it's about time. Uh, There was another moment in there, too, where she took on the nurses' union. So the nurses' union put out this, to my way of thinking, bogus story about how, oh, well, you know, we really support the idea of people getting vaccinated, but we're worried that thousands of nurses will be driven out of the business because they don't want to get vaccinated. And Dr. Henry just said point blank yesterday, I don't believe it is thousands of nurses. In fact, she said what she's hearing from healthcare workers is, and nurses, is they want to get vaccinated. They're worried about people in their business who aren't vaccinated. And she dropped a number that, you know, you're worried about uh, the effect on staffing and the healthcare system if you make vaccines mandatory. There's a hundred healthcare workers in British Columbia right now who are having to isolate because they have COVID-19. So a much more aggressive approach. I agree with you, Simi, overdue. Um, But look, again, they've always been able to say, Dr. Henry has always been able to say, we tried everything else before we got tough. And I guess that's fair comment. I think her intentions are good. We might argue about whether or not she should have moved onto this footing sooner. I, exactly. We can have that debate because then then there was also the school notification issue, which all along during the pandemic, Vaughn, I know that we've talked about this where we say more information is better to help people in uncertain times. This really seemed to fall into that category for me. You know, I, I agree with you, Simi, and it it's relevant in a political sense because The standard line from Adrian Dix and Dr. Henry and Premier John Horgan has been, oh, we're transparent, we're open, and we give you lots of information. Well, yes, they do give us lots of information, but 
our colleagues in the news media who report this thing in detail can point to a whole bunch of gaps, too, that other places give better data in some areas. And I know uh, there's been some efforts by uh, the news media to persuade them to release more. This, I think, is another of those cases, as you just said, where... Why don't they trust us with the information? You know, it is a, it's a complicated story. It's a struggle to report it. But I always think we have to err on the side of give people more information. Then at least they know they're getting the whole story or close to it. Exactly. And so that was something that parents had been asking for. So now they're going to do it. I just feel like anything that you can do to reassure parents, right? Because that was such a stressful yeah. time. This would have been a good thing. Yeah, and and uh, one of the reassurances we got yesterday is uh, vaccinations coming for children ages 6 to 11. So where does that stand? Pfizer uh, has said it has a vaccine. It's been tested. Uh, it's passed the test. It's effective. That, uh, Dr. Henry said, okay, there's two things to, to happen, still to happen. They have to send that data to Health Canada, and Health Canada has to assess it under Canadian, the Canadian approach to vetting vaccines and pass it. In addition, she said, there may be manufacturing issues. So it's coming. We don't know when. She thinks later this fall. But again, reassuring for parents, it's coming. And, and you have to go back this time last year, Simi. We didn't have any vaccines, so we've come a long way. We have, but clearly not enough of a long way, Vaughn, to deal with the situation in the ICUs right now, because that information yesterday was also, it was pretty scary. Yeah, so this is um, kind of a domino effect. We have generally across British Columbia a pretty good vaccination rate, uh, but we are having a big problem in the ICUs in the province. So, uh, you know, we, we talk about the people who are not vaccinated as being a minority, and they are a minority, but there's one place where they are overwhelmingly the majority, and it's not a proud accomplishment for the anti-vaccinated. There are 88% of the people in the ICU are unvaccinated. And this is creating uh, a lot of stress in the system because... Uh, particularly because the vaccination rate is so comparatively low in northeastern British Columbia, the ICUs there are overwhelmed. Case count in northeastern British Columbia is four or five times what it is on a per capita basis, Fraser Health, here on the island. So what's happening is the ICU is overwhelmed there. They move the patients to Prince George. Prince George is getting stressed. They're moving those patients to the lower mainland. Yes, they use the air ambulance system. Uh, there's attendants travel with them. They do the best they can. But as Health Minister Adrian Dix said yesterday, this is not an optimum situation. And it's one that is putting a lot of stress on the system. We've had surgery cancellations around British Columbia. Not a huge number, but a significant number. And there are places, of course, where the ICUs are getting filled up. But Dr. Henry used a, a term yesterday, moral distress, that healthcare workers, they're treating everybody. But they've been at this now for 20 months and seeing people with avoidable illness. You get vaccinated, you're much less likely to end up in the ICU. Seeing those people in the ICU, yes, we treat them. 
That's the way the healthcare system works. But it's creating what she referred to as moral distress for healthcare workers. It, it just it boggles the mind. There was so yeah. much information at that uh, yeah. briefing yesterday. Hey, you know, the other thing she said, and this is to go back to some of the stuff we've been talking about, Dr. Henry, again, she referred to the problem in the Northeast in particular, active efforts to discourage vaccines. Yeah. There are, there are people up there. She referred to faith leaders, right, for the first time. I'm going, name names. Adrian Dix did name names, and I do want to point this out because I think it's a significant difference between the situation here in British Columbia, next door in Alberta, and even in the recent national yeah. election. Dix made a point of thanking the B.C. liberals for their efforts in helping to persuade the community to get vaccinated in the Northeast. He specifically thanked Shirley Vaughan, the opposition leader, member for Prince George, and the two B.C. liberal MLAs for the Peace River country, uh, Dan Davies and Mike Bernier. Uh, they've helped a lot, he said. Mayor Lori Ackerman as well. And again, I, I think, you know, the the bipartisanship we've seen in British Columbia on this issue is something that I think we can be proud of here, and it was good to hear Dix thanking the positive uh, comments and advice we've had from the opposition. Yeah, that I think people want more of that, right? That was the one thing that they did that we do like about the pandemic here in yeah. BC, was seeing that kind of cooperation. Uh, one more point, though, that I thought you raised that was a really good one, too. Let's talk about Site C for a second. Yeah, there's another outbreak at Site C. So, you know, I asked BC Hydro uh, last week, um, have you made it compulsory to... Uh, Get vaccinated to work at Site C. It's a, it's a it's a big work camp. It's also a very secure place to get in there. You need to go through security. The housing is there, and look, uh, some of the workers come from Alberta and a part of Alberta where there's a big problem. Uh, so far, uh, Hydro is working with Northern Health, but no, they haven't made it compulsory. Uh, I think they should. Just saying. <laughs> 